In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing Inter's historic debacle in the Champions League. We'll be reviewing the Cagliari game as well as previewing the Napoli and Spezia games. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on SempreInter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Insta. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, wishing you back to a, a week where Inter won't be playing European football uh, after the, off in the new year for the first time in, I think, four years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which we'll get into all of that um, before we... Before we get into all of that, let me introduce my panelists, starting with the Sempring to Preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? All good? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm going to be, you're going to work for your Mr. Positivity money today because um, I, I really want to hear the spin on this one <laughs> because I, I don't see how this is good for Inter at all to not have any European football after New Year. I honestly, that worries me. Uh, but we'll be, but but we'll get to all of that. Let's introduce the other panelist, uh, our good friend from London, Mr. William Beckman. Hello. It's only three years since we had a, a spring without Europe, Nima. So Is it only three? We're oh. we're, we're more it's more familiar to us than we uh, <laughs> than you're letting on. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, we will be. <laughs> and we're also joined by our good friend. He's, uh, he writes a weekly feature on Sampling.com called "What We Learned from Inter This Past Week." Well, welcome back, Mr. Jake Smalley. Good evening. At least we don't have to play Ludo Goretz. Yeah, <laughs> every cloud, no Ludo Goretz, and that's the good <laughs> thing. Yeah, but that's uh, last time you were here. We, we we did we did speak about the, how we prefer to finish last over over uh, finishing third and playing uh, the Ludo Goretz League, as we've uh, unceremoniously <laughs> named the Europa League. Um, let's let's start with the Champions League debacle because it was a debacle. Um, Real Madrid did exactly what you'd expect Real Madrid to do. They won because they needed to win to be secure, uh, be certain of of, of going through uh, to the next uh, to the next round uh, of the Champions League. And of course, for the third year running, Inter had it all in their own hands, and they bottled it. And they bottled it in a way that was rather historic, because Inter have never finished last in their Champions League group ever. Uh, and no Europa League football, which we all kind of said we preferred, to be honest. But this is a this is a debacle um, uh, in term no in no in no uns, un, uncertain terms financially, because Inter had had definitely budgeted for Champions League money or Europa League money to lessen the blow of the effects of COVID, of not being able to have any uh, spectators uh, and any match day revenue at all. So this is quite the blow. Um, and and the, that's just a financial aspect. But I'm, from a sporting side, I'm I'm sensing because I've seen a lot of people say that maybe this is good for Inter's title winning chances. Um, I don't know, uh, but I, I thought we discussed that. I'm going to start with you, Mo. Um, serious, I mean, for, first start with the game. I mean, how frustrating wasn't that to watch Inter? What was Conte doing? And the changes came too late um, in terms of that was a game where Inter had to win it. 
And the first half was pretty controlled, but the second half was awful. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, but it's just one of those games. Uh, um, look, uh, it was one of those games. Uh, the, the, the Lautaro uh, crossbar, it was clear. It was, one of, it was going to be one of those nights. It just, uh, the boys seemed extremely frustrated. I don't think it was a tactical thing. I don't think it was a, a, a technical issue. I think it was mentality. I think the team needs to develop mentally. I think it was clear from Lukaku's body language. It was clear from from everyone on the pitch that they they really were too revved up for this game. It wasn't there was no flow state football at all. It was it was extremely agitated beyond maybe the first 25 minutes after that initial blitz when when you know that Lautaro miss and 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 so on and so forth. It just it became a downward spiral and. I, I don't know who, who takes responsibility for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty harsh pointing the finger towards any one entity, whether it's just the players or, or, or the club or the coach or the whatever. I feel like this is sort of like baggage, emotional baggage of the last few years. And the same way we needed the Vecino miracle uh, to bring us back into the Champions League against Lazio, we kind of maybe needed a, a D'Ambrosio uh, miracle to break the duck. But for, for me, this particular match, like you said, was, was, lost, what, what was lost at some point in time midway through the first half. It was just, it, it was too, too much, too much for them to take. And, uh, you know, maybe a bit of, a bit of uh, shadows of the, the Sevilla final and the Europa League as well. I think the team needs to mature mentally uh, in, in those particular crunch times more than anything else. But uh, that's, that, that was my takeaway from the game. I think when it comes to the mental part, I think we all can agree that Inter need to develop mentally. But I'm not sure I quite agree with you on the tactical uh, point of view. I thought the first half was controlled, and I think that was the smart way to go, given that a draw would have complete in the other game would have completely put Inter to uh, put made Inter's game moot point um, for Inter's sake at least. But the way Inter, Conte managed that second half, or lack thereof. And the lack of a plan B when you need to need to push and and the changes he made when he made them um, I'm not uh, uh, to me that that is Conte's fault I I don't know yeah, I, mean, look, I, I, I I'm not I, I don't I am not saying Conte is blameless no 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 I mean, no no I get that I, I, I would I would argue that that had had those changes been made it would you know. Barring some, you know, uh, like a fortuitous intervention, like I said, the D'Ambrosio w- winner by, off uh, the back, uh, the back post, or something of the sort, it, it seemed like uh, mentally they, they had already, you know, resigned themselves to not to, to, to frustration and not getting the desired result. That's, you know, mm. that's that's yeah. That, that, I think we all agree on that. I don't think there's much to. Like the, the, there was no doubt about that. That there is an issue there. But uh, wh- where are you on this, Will? Do you? I mean, do, do you do you agree with Mo there, or 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 do you, do you like do you see more of a uh, ment? Is this is a mental issue more than a tactical issue in that particular game, or what do you think? No, I agree more with you, Nima. I think Conte deserves to have a lot of criticism for this match, mostly because it was basically a carbon copy of the first match when we played Shakhtar in, in Ukraine. You know, we were the better team in the first half, started very well, were unlucky not to be ahead at half time. But then once uh, plan A hadn't worked, we just sort of faded into, into nothingness in the second half. And if anything, at the end, it looked like Shakhtar were going to be the team that potentially scored. They certainly certainly felt like they had more of the ball in the second half. Um, 
which is which is curious, given that um, you know we've been on top throughout the first half, and as you said, the changes were too slow. You know, maybe you know, you know, even even if you add in the the mental baggage, which I agree was clearly there. Um, this being something that's happened for three years in a row now, that doesn't, I don't think that gets Conte off the hook for taking so long to bring on Ericsson or to bring on Sanchez. You know, to have Perisic on before both of them, I thought was uh, weird, honestly. Mm. Um, so, yes, you know, there were chances. And if you look at the the stats, you know, Inter had a 1.84 XG against 0.4 for Shakhtar. So you can definitely, you can definitely say without any qualms that if they'd been a team that deserved to win, it was certainly us. But that's not as you know. Given the stakes that are you know at hand, that's not enough to say that we we create the chances and uh, and then once they didn't go in, you know we we gave up. You know I would say that you know while I agree this is a problem that predates Conte, this is a problem that Conte was in part brought to to brought in to, to get rid of because mm. this was you know he is the the man who's supposed to bring the winning mentality and it's clear from that match that he hadn't done it. Um, so I don't think that well I think it's true that 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 was. You know, it's not just that um, he made the wrong decisions, but it, it's true that if that is still a problem that's that's still there, you know, 18 months or so into his his tenure, then I find it very difficult to to not give him the most of the responsibility for that. Um, now, this isn't me saying that you know, I I think Conte is a dreadful manager or anything, but you have to you have to be honest. You know, I don't think he really got. Um, he didn't. He didn't play this right, you know. And it was just. It was just obvious that once Real Madrid had gone two 0 up, and we'd all realised after half an hour that actually this biscotta wasn't going to happen. And you saw that Inter had wasted chances, and it was nil nil. You thought, of course, of course, this is what happens. Mm. The, the, we, we were in the position where a win takes us through, and we don't do it. That's the most logical and um, explicable way that this all ends. And unfortunately, it's PSV. When, it's yeah. Barcelona and now well, this. Well, can I just say, I, I was thinking about this earlier, right? We've had three seasons in the Champions League. Um, each year, I think the group that we've been drawn in has got slightly easier. And I mm. think each year our squad has got slightly stronger. Yet each year we've taken a point less, eight, seven and now six. And so therefore the scale of the failure has increased each time. And if the first two, there were some some mitigating factors, you know, it was our first year, um, you know, we were still, we were playing Barcelona in the last game. This is, this is inexcusable in, in every way that you look at it, you know, there's no refereeing decisions or, or, you know, um, injuries or COVID cases that, that justify a failure this big. And, and I would just like to add another bit of history. You said it's the first time we finished bottom of our Champions League group. We're also the first team, the first Italian team, to be knocked out in the group stage of the Champions League for three seasons in a row. And what that well tells done. me is, is that, <laughs> you know, clearly what that tells me is that we're good enough to be in the competition because if you're a, if you're a fluke, if you're a one-off, then you don't get back in the three seasons in a row by finishing, you know, you don't finish high enough in the league to, to, to be in it three times in a row. So structurally and financially, this is where we should be. And yet we always underperform when we get there, which makes things even worse. Mm, very good point. Jake, what do you make of it? Are you are are you where are you on the scale of the tactical and mental thing? Uh, I think a lot of it is mental, isn't it? I think like you both just touched upon, uh, the manager's brought in to change that ultimately. So they blamed us like his door, and I think the players most mentally suffer from the fact they can see a manager unwilling to change his team, unwilling to sort of divert from what he knows the best, and that's the biggest problem for me as a whole. I think you can look at the game as an isolated incident. You know, like Mo said, that shot against the crossbar, that goes into it, it is lower. 
are we having this conversation as in-depth as what we are? But the big picture is it falls down to the manager with this team. He's been backed more than any inter-manager ever, arguably. You know, like Will's just said, the team's stronger than what it was last year, yet it's done a lot worse. It's had an easier group. And there's no excuse when it comes to Shakhtar either. You know, Inter had played Shakhtar, what, three and a half months ago. And as much as Conte likes to go about how much they've changed, they've not changed a massive amount. You know, it's the same, pretty much the same Inter, if not a slightly stronger Inter, that beat them 5-0. So it, it is tough because, you know, like, like we mentioned there, you know, you, you throw too many eggs in one basket in the first half and you go all gung-ho and it costs you. Because, you know, let's not forget, if Shakhtar had won that game, they'd have gone through. So, you know, it, it is difficult and there is fine margins. But for me, ultimately, it's it's the big picture. And the big picture is this inflexibility of the manager to stray from his known system to react to and making substitutes. Why on earth was Alexis Sanchez not brought on far earlier? He came on, he was direct, he was fast, he was creating chances and he was scurring them. Why did it take that long? Ericsson what was Ashley had... Young doing on the pitch? Period. Well, why? Just why? Like, what, what's the point, though? What, what's it achieving? But this is the thing as well. You, you've got a squad now that is rounded to his style of play. Say he does go, you're stuck with all these wing-back slash left-back slash winger slash type players. And it's just not flexible at all. And I, I just find it bizarre. I, I mean, I knew as soon as just, you know, I was watching the game and I had Real Madrid on the other channel as well. And I'm like, just checking over. I thought... Well, that's Real Madrid 2-0 up, so that's into guaranteed to go out because, you know, half the job's done for them. All they have to do is tap it in. It's like Happy Gilmore. Just tap <laughs> it in. But, it, but it, they just can't do it. They just can't do it. It's just bizarre. <laughs> and you have you have got to, you know, put it at the manager's door for me. It, it's just really, really frustrating because I wasn't aware of that stat. You know, the team's got weaker each year. That, that frightens me. And I definitely agree. I don't know about you, but the groups have been easier year by year, I think. Mm. And to have it this in your year, hands like year, that. Throw it this away. year, for sure. I mean, this year, for sure. Uh, there's there's not much to argue as to this is the sim- the simplest group uh, Inter have been in. The first year, I I've thought, was pretty difficult. But but this is... this is yeah. uh, And that was the, the one we got closest to getting out of. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> we won it's our a, first two games. We won the team for the final as well. From We're going to get out of yeah. the group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, uh, but but since then we've won three Champions League games out of sixteen. So after winning those first two group games in the first season, we've won three games out of sixteen. Now that's so. absolutely awful. And the worst thing about that is that this is a Shakhtar team that Inter completely mopped the floor with a couple of months ago in the Europa League. Is there's the, it's yeah. pretty much the same team. There's not much difference here. It's not it's not like it was a year ago. We're talking four or five months that they played Shakhtar three times. Once they destroyed them. And then twice they've dominated against them and they failed to score. I mean, yeah. it, it's just, it's, I mean, you can blame, you know, I know that the stat about Lautaro Martinez is hitting the post and the woodwork four times in the, in the group stages. And, and that's bad luck, sure. But to me, the thing that really set me off the edge was his infantile behavior after the game. When he goes up against Fabio Capello, who has won the Champions League, not once or twice, I think even, he's been able to, he's won... You know, this is Fabio Capello, you know. It's one of the most decorated managers in world football, uh, in Italian football, one of the best ever. And this this infantile behavior where he goes up against him, squares up against him and says, 
uh, when, when Capella asks him, do you have a plan B? And he says, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you on TV, am I? I mean, the, the intellect... Yeah, but come on, Nima, 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 Capello is just taking the fucking piss. No, he's come not. On. He's asking him a difficult question. He deserves to be oh, criticized. Yeah. Do you have a plan and B? Because, I mean, if you, if you look at the whole interview, he's, he the, starts having a go at that sky lady because she says, uh, do you Inter have taken a step backwards? Just exactly what Will described with facts. He says, he literally tells her, think before you open your mouth and has a go at her. Capello then responds and says, well, you know, what we, we saw until what, what you waited to do. What, I, I what think, is uh, your plan B? Uh, I Sorry? think uh, the press, uh, the press are, you know, there, there are certain managers that the press love to shit on. Uh, I think Mourinho, for sure, and, uh, and Conte uh, as well. They, Conte they, is the when most wound protected up, manager in Italian football. They, they never <laughs> yeah. criticize him. When, when they're wound up, they He's know the that... He's the most paid manager in Italian football. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. You're going to get harder that, questions the more money you earn and the more you're mm -hmm. expected and the bigger track record you have. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, there's a, a a certain manner through which uh, questions are asked, and there's a certain number of buttons that everyone knows how to push with certain managers, because they they know th that this is the exact sort of reaction that th that question would garner, and uh, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, how many how many times have we spoken about Conte post uh, post loss uh, blowouts? It's 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 behavior that that's, that happens. You know, how many times are we going to get shocked by this? This is this is what happens. The guy is wound up. He just got I'm knocked not shocked by it. it. He... No, yeah. I'm not shocked by it either. I'm more annoyed well, by it that he behaved like a child. Us, no, okay. I'm not shocked by it. I think that he, he shouldn't behave like a child. I mean, he's going to be... He's been responsible for, the, for one of the worst failures in Inter's history whilst also being the manager that's been backed the most in modern's, Inter's modern history. And he goes off on a childish tantrum, uh, uh, embarrassing himself when he's being but, asked but critical then, questions. But then what, what, where do we go from here? You know, so, I, so this is, this is the situation that we have. What, what do we do? I mean, what, what do we, it's, it's, you know, what's next? Do we, well, do that's we a good question. I'm, I'm really no, glad or, that you brought it up. I'm really glad you brought it up. Where do we go from here? Because that's a really, really valid question. What do Inter do from here on now? Because the, the, the race for the top four is tighter than ever before you have between places one to six only six points after 11 games now obviously that's going to crystallize itself even more but it definitely shows that it's tighter than it's ever been before inter won't have and don't have the financial muscles to be able to sign much in january they won't be able to sell christian erickson for the money they need to make up for him not to make a loss in capital gains which means that they'll probably have to send him on loan and they probably have to end up signing someone on loan hopefully I mean, th this is this is a mess. And at the same time, Inter can't afford to sack Antonio Conte because he earns 12 million euros net after taxes per year until June 2022, whilst also having to pay Spalletti between 5 to 7 million euros net until next June. And you also have the, in the interesting thing of the Chinese government pr putting um, impositions in place on capital leaving the leaving china during the because of the effects of the covid crisis so sunning can't pump money into in either a lot of sponsors have haven't paid what they're supposed to inter are in a right mess right now it's it's quite it i mean let's not let's not kid ourselves um it, it's a mess the Shakhtar game alone cost into 11.3 million euros um, because there's 9.5 that's just getting through to the last 16 as a, as a bonus. And um, the difference in prize money between a, a draw and a win is, is 1.8 million. So, 
you know that match on its own <laughs> is uh, is quite a. You could quite have a paid Conte. You could have paid to set Conte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mo, Mo. I do want to hear from you though, Mo. Seriously, I want to hear your opinion here. I mean, to me, it's like de- defending him. I I mean, it's not about being anti Conte or or pro Conte. I think some of the things where it doesn't matter who the coach is, but we he has to kind of take some responsibility for how he behaves. Yeah, I, mean, I just think I, I think I think what annoys people about Conte is his reaction to adversity, and I think that's neither here nor there. I think results are the only thing that matter, mm-hmm. and uh, from where I'm stood, I think this is actually uh, a potentially a good thing. Sure, we might have lost here we go. some revenue. You know, uh, <laughs> yes, couple, yes. You know, we might have lost some <laughs> revenue uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, progression out of the group, etc. But really, what does it matter if we get knocked out in you know this the, the round of sixteen or the quarterfinals or whatever? Really, what does it matter? Especially if it compromises our chances of winning the scudetto. So now, my 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 whole outlook is. You know, built on the fact that I think we're going to win the Scudetto this year. I think under Conte uh, and this team, we are the strongest combination of, of manager and squad in Italy. And I think the rule of aver- averages works out over an entire season. And it's clear, you know, where we're the uh, our defense is only getting better, but we're already, you know, three goals ahead of uh, the nearest uh, uh, next strongest attack. So it's. We're the, we're probably the best team out there, and, and well, we've seen Milan. You know, uh, Milan's. Uh, I want to use. Run. I want to bring in a stat. I want to bring in a stat yeah. that speaks to your point, actually, and that's the fact that when when he's out of Europe, um, Conte, when he only has one week, a, one game a week to prepare, like his first season at Juve, like his first season at Chelsea, then he runs away with the league. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is this is something. So so if. You believe that um, we're going to win the Scudetto. I, I'll, I'll take winning the Scudetto and getting knocked out, you know, fourth in the group. Uh, Absolutely. Humiliated Europe. And any, any day, you know. Absolutely. Any day. Absolutely. And, I, and this is what I think, you know, I, I've said this from the beginning. This is, like, this is what I think is, is going to happen this season. I think we're going to win the league. Uh, and if we do, I'm, I'm all for it. So... We're going to make more money by winning the league. The, the team wins silverware. It's a real step towards genuine progression. We do Absolutely. another season under Conte and mm. then transition into manager X or Y, who then allows the team to develop and play more continental, uh, continental type of football and then probably become a more uh, respected force in Europe. But I think things, things need to be sequentially built. You, know, you, can't, you can't do everything at the same time. But that, you see, I agree with that. But you see, that 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 whole thing is is hinges on Inter winning the Serie A. That entire like everything you're saying is hinging on Inter winning the Serie A. And to be honest with you, I don't see that happening. I honestly but don't see that happening. That, that's that's yeah. I I and I get that. That's why I said you know like my 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 positivity is built on that one thing. And and if we disagree on that, or, or well, if we don't win. Then, you know, yeah. But, but that's the thing. If we don't win the Serie A, but I, I, I still, I, I don't think looking at the tally at the end of the season, if we don't win the Serie A and we get knocked out of Europe in the round of sixteen, 
but we come in second or we get we leave the out of the group stage it doesn't really matter like as as a general like a, a tally of the of, of a season's achievements what does it really matter you know if we get knocked out except for the 11 odd million uh, euros that well it's that, more than you that know, will go you get, a long you, way you, well it's more than that mo it's much more than that that's just the 11 million from the match uh, from 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 just you, you get from tv pool you get a percentage of the tv uh, tv rights money as well depending on how high up you 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 know how far you get in the champions league i think it matters quite a lot for for players wanting to come to inter whether they come to a team that finishes fourth in the champions league uh, in their group stages, rather than a team that actually makes it to a quarterfinal or a round of the Cicina. I, I mean, th- that to me makes a lot. I think it matters a lot whether or not Inter finish first or second, especially after having backed this guy the way Inter have, in a way that no Inter coach, like Jake said, in, in Inter's modern history has been backed. I think it matters hugely. I mean, we, can, yeah, we no, can't just I mean, rationalize if, if, that. If we're coming second and getting knocked out of the group or coming second and getting knocked out of the round of 16, I don't think this is the, the, the thing, the determining factor into calling a season a success or a failure. I think the mandate for the season is to win a trophy. And we weren't going to win the Champions League, right? So I think... Come May or June, the success of the season is contingent upon winning a genuine trophy, whether it's the Coppa Italia or the Scudetto or the Champions League or the Europa League, for that matter, had we, got, had we finished the group in third, third place. I think, you know, with, with Tottenham being the team they are and, 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 and uh, you yeah. know, uh, them yeah. being in the Europa League, it was, it was a stretch this year to think that Inter would have had a, a, a stronger run in the Europa League. The Champions League was definitely out of the question. So we're looking at either the Scudetto or the Coppa Italia. So... If we look at if we come to May or June and and look back at the season and we've won actual silverware, I'm 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 happy because this is real progress, and mm-hmm. and I think then that that particular incident uh, midweek last week is is forgotten. But that's mm-hmm. my two cents. Okay, that's 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 why that's why we call you Mister Positivity. I, I you you don't just sit here and and just say it's going to be all right. You actually have a thought process behind it, and that, I love that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, the game, uh, the, you know, it, it is what it is. It's out. But then then Inter went against Cagliari, a game that became monumentally important because of how Inter were to how Inter Serie A season, which is where it's at right now. Um, and, and it's incredibly important for Inter. For me, as I've said throughout the season, for me, it's about finishing top four because I'm scared beyond that this, this is my nightmare that Inter misses top four I think the the disaster that this would be is is it would take about half a decade to recover from um so uh I I think um so so that's why I'm you know the, the, you know and also mentally like we've all spoken about to rec- the the Cagliari game became so much more important because Inter came come came off the back of three wins in the Serie A and a fourth would have ma- would have made it would have made it quite a run going into the Napoli game and also putting pressure on Milan, who also dropped points later on in the night. Um, so so it was a monumentally important win. And to win it the way they did, um, this is where this is the thing that frustrates me a little bit. And we got to talk about this. Christian Eriksen was not good enough to play against the Shakhtar that played the park, the boat and the bus and the plane for 90 minutes. But against Cagliari, he could start. And then he starts really well that, that first game. But then we see Conte yelling at him to go back to defend deeper, which he does. He goes out of the game and he's subbed off. I mean, what are we? What is going on here? What a what a state of affairs this is! 
and and it and it's like it's literally it gets worse by every game. It's like why start him against Cagliari, which is not as important of a game like as as against Shakhtar. You bring him on in the like the 80th minute, and and to be honest, I mean, we're the Italians have this thing called sliding doors based on that film. I mean, that shot, that his left-footed shot against Shakhtar. If that had got, if that had gone in, can you oof. imagine? Can you just Ericsson imagine Ericsson put Inter through to the Champions League? Conte would have been even shot. angrier than he was with us getting eliminated <laughs> if Ericsson put us through. It would have made it quite interesting, but it didn't happen. So, but it is what it is. But then, but then you know you saw in the second half um, where Inter played worse than they did in the first half, but scored three goals. Um, it's to me, when he, when he changes, when he changed to a back four, to me that suggests that he's a coach that's a little bit that he's panicking. That his first football, his first idea, the three-five-two, this marching band that will you always talk about, that doesn't work. So you panic and you go to a four-three-two-one, which he doesn't want to play anyway, because that's not his football. And then you sc- you, you scramble out a win. To me, you're relying you're you're relying a little bit on luck there when you do that. And a team that relies on luck does not win silverware. That's what that tells me. I, I suspect you, you know, you disagree, uh, or Mo, do you, I suspect you disagree. Yeah, look, uh, I uh, unfortunately I didn't watch the match live because uh, it was an early Sunday game and it was uh, I was at work. I caught it later. Uh, I'd been following it on on Twitter at the time, so I didn't really know what Cranio's performance was like in the first half. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, what's his name, Consili. Conciliesque. Um, yeah, look, I, we won the game 3-1, deservedly so, and, and I think uh, nothing else really matters. So we were saved by Santo Danilo again, and 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 I think <laughs> I think it, it, we're being it, it's it's yeah it's 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 a bit harsh to say Conte never changes. He has no plan B, but when he plan when he changes the plan B, then he's panicking. I look. We won the game. It was a very important game. It was, you know, mentally, it was like you just said, it was it was very important to get the three points, convincingly, deservedly so. Going to Sardinia is never an easy, uh, is never an easy out for anyone. Uh, and sure, you know, it was some, it had to be a miraculous goal uh, to, to, to break the deadlock and or not to break the deadlock, to pull one back. And then uh, D'Ambrosio had to come back in and, 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 and save us. So, but I, I don't. For me, for, for me personally, I, I don't know what else to say about this game except three points, great performance. We got we both mentally, tactically, and in terms of a result as well. Uh, I, that that's 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 you know that's from where I stand. You know, I, I, I don't I don't see anything you know really negative with this game. Uh, mm. I, I just want to say about Ericsson, and and this is something that that's frustrated me as an Inter fan through. Like there, there always seems to be some sort of player that the fans love and the coaches don't, for whatever reason. And I always, I don't know why, but I always find myself signing on the coaches' side, whether it was Rekoba initially, <laughs> and then it was uh, Kovacic, and now it's Ericsson. Like you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ericsson. I don't know if if uh, if he's going to move on and become, you know, break out into a world class uh, trequartista or playmaker and some other team. Or I don't know if another inter manager is going to come and, and still ha- be faced with an Ericsson dilemma, the same way that Dybala is a difficult puzzle to fit or a piece of puzzle to fit on, in, in a team. But it really starts, it's starting to seem like a, a, the Kovacic saga all over again. You know, 
And then we've seen, you know, Kovacic, Real Madrid, Chelsea. He's a, he's a, he's a decent player, but he really was not the, the, the player like the godsend uh, son of uh, Lamb of God uh, who was supposed to be the inter-savior and, and, you know, screw all these managers for not being able to play him and blah, 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 you know. So, so I, 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 fear like, I fear that my position, you know, is, is always like uh, reactionary to reactions and I feel like, uh, or, or, or con- a bit of a contrarian, I feel like all this flack that managers or, or Conte is getting for not playing Ericsson or, or seemingly not being able to fit Ericsson in is making me kind of dislike Ericsson a bit. But uh, yeah, that's a small confession. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Um, well, Jake, I, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on the um, on the on the Cagliari game. Um, one thing we need to talk about, like I don't I don't think that what happened with I mean Sotil's goal was fantastic let's be honest but Handanovic is a statue now and and it's not that you know I want him to alibi throw himself I'm not one of those people who wants to oh why didn't he throw himself well you're not there you didn't see what he says sees and of course he wants to unless you think that he doesn't want to save the ball he's not going to throw himself if it's you know just to make it look good on TV but this is getting a problem because he is not saving anything anymore Every time Inter's first shot on goal is every time Inter concede a goal, a shot on goal, it goes in the first one, and it's really, really becoming a problem now. And 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 Sotil, I mean, I, I just mean that generally. And Sotil's goal was absolutely phenomenal. I don't think a goalkeeper in the world could have saved that. But but it's getting ridiculous now. No, Jake. Yeah, I've not seen a player regress like Handanovic for quite a while. I think you could even argue that before lockdown, he was still looking quite solid. Um, but, you know, you look back at that Torino game just afterwards with the Bellotti incident, that for me was almost a bit of a signal um, for the end for Handanovic. It's sad to see. And what makes me more sadder is the fact that he's been such a great servant to the club. You know, he's broke plenty of records, penalty saving heroics and things like that. And he's had to play in a pretty garbage team the majority of the time that he's been there. And just as the team start to get a bit of investment and the competing more on all fronts, he's he's waning. Um, and but one one thing I can say about the calorie game is it did give into a chance to have a look at a man that I would put on a list of replacements for him. Um, I mean, Kinshili was mentioned just there, and I think Cranio could potentially be you know in that category. Uh, as in, he's you know just has won the games against Inter, but. Um, for me, he's someone that they've got to be looking at. I quite like the idea of Juan Musso as well at Udinese. I think, you know, in the next few months, that's what needs to happen. You know, it needs to be accelerated um, up the list of priorities and getting a new goalkeeper. But uh, there's so much to sort of delve into with the squad. For me, I still think we're short of a left-sided wing-back. You know, if we're going to keep Conte's manager, you know, you're looking at Ivan Perisic, who just needs to go. Like, it, it's it, over now, you know, there's no Icardi for him to cross to, you know, there's no point anymore, I, I don't see what he brings the same, he holds himself back a bit, he's not really high on confidence, he doesn't really know what he's doing in that role, you know, Ashley Young, veteran, not Dean Gunder for Man United, you know, and then and then if you play anybody else, you play them out of position, aren't you, you're not going to play Colorado there either, because, you know, I've not seen him for a while, I'm presuming he's in a wheelchair now, uh, but I, I, I don't, I think there's a few roles in that team, that I'd have potentially said were priorities, that left-sided role. And obviously, if Ericsson's going to go get a replacement for him, but it is starting to become a bit of an issue with the goalkeeper. It's starting to become 
really at the forefront that every single time there's a shot on goal, it makes it more frustrating because the majority of the time this happens, Inter are on top of the game. Mm. Looking quite comfortable. You know, the Atalanta one, you know, Moran Chuck's goal. I mean, he was a little bit miscited, but Inter were comfortable. 1-0 up, looked quite simple. And then a really daft goal gets let in. And you just think, well, if you're going to defend pretty solidly, you're going to be on the front foot all the time. Yeah, you are going to get hit on the break every now and again. And if they score every time, it's going to cost you points. So, yeah, I think we've got to start looking at a short list of goalkeepers to replace I me. Mean, I don't know if you have any suggestions who you'd pick maybe as another as an option. I'm not. It's hard to say, isn't it? It is hard to say. Mm. Well, well, where are you on all of this? Well, Hernanovic, I don't have anything else to add. You know, he's not good enough. And if we start next season with him as our first choice keeper, then we'll pay for it. I don't think there's much more to say on, on him than that. I think Cranio uh, and Musa are probably the two most obvious um, mm. solutions in terms of Serie A goalkeepers. I think if you swap those goalkeepers around yesterday, we would have won it 5-0, honestly. Probably. I, mean, I, probably. I think that, you know, for once, I, I, don't, I, I feel for... For Conte when he says that we created lots and didn't score because I think Cranio put up, pulled off you know three or four really good saves in the first half and I didn't have any problem really with with the first half performance um, it was just a sort of a bit of a a bit of a, a sort of a freak scenario that we went in one nil down um, but yeah Cranio uh, and Musa are, are separated by two months in terms of birth so they're pretty much exactly the same age um, we want someone who's going to be in goal for several years so uh, preferably someone who's maybe sort of not in his late, tw- you know, mid to mid twenties at the oldest, you know, so if, if that's possible. Um, but yeah, he, he's, Samir has, has done his time, unfortunately, and uh, we have to hope that he doesn't cost us too many goals in important moments of matches for the remainder of the season. Mm. No, I agree. Mo, I mean, you've been banging on the Handanovic uh, thing for quite some time. Uh, I'm keen to hear. I mean, this this is not this what we're seeing now. We've never he's never been like this before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, uh, the the first Mancini season when he was a great shot stopper, and I was criticizing him still for 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 those misses. I mean, if he was a, a an eight out of ten, then then he's like a, a two today. Um, yeah, I'm I, like I like both Jake and Will said. You know, the the less said about him, the the better, because he's been, you know, despite his you know his earlier uh, flaws in in in, in Stopping certain shots, he's always uh, been a great servant to the club, and he's been mm-hmm. a, a very good captain last year. So I don't, I don't want to rail on him too much, you know. But uh, it, it, it's clear for everyone to see. And and, and like Will said, I think I, I can't remember if it was Jake or Will, but if you're playing attacking football, you will be broken. You know, there will be a fast fast break or two against you, and if you if if each fast break ends up on a shot on target, and that shot on target is a goal. You're gonna drop points, and you really can't afford to do that if you're if you're aiming to win the scudetto. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, thank you very it's, much, it's, Samir. But uh, yeah, no, he needs to be phased out. He needs to be a backup goalkeeper because this is this situation is getting ridiculous. And he, it, it, you know, he he makes saves, but he makes those obvious saves that you that any goalkeeper at that level can make. He doesn't make any saves that you can ask of a goalkeeper that is supposedly a captain and is supposed to lead his team to the to the Scudetto title or any title. It's really really awful. And the way I look at, it, I mean, you've, I love Cranio. Uh, he's been a favorite of mine for a long time, and I like I rate Musso highly too. But Inter can't afford them. They don't have any money. To me, the only way, the only the only goalkeeper 
that right now Inter can afford, and it makes sense financially. And I think that he's someone that could end up playing for Inter, given the amount of business between these two clubs. It's uh, Silvestre at Hellas Verona, who's having a phenomenal season. And he's not just this season, but the season before that. And, and, and he's looking really, really good. And he's only 29 years old. You know, he, 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 he's ready now to take that next step. Um, I think that's where Inter are financially. And that's why, you know, that's why those Champions League money matters. Because this is a difference between, you know, that is the difference between buying Silvestre or buying Cranio. And I think what's happened there, it's it's leaning more to Silvestre than it is, unless something ma- magical happens. And, and the and, difference between um, difference between shopping in the hundred euro restaurant and the forty euro restaurant, <laughs> twenty euro restaurant or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever it was he said. Um, yeah, right. Um, let's. Uh, I mean, we, we we have a we have a game against Napoli, which is monumentally important now, and because if Inter win that game and 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 Milan drop points again, which they could do because they play Sassuolo. Who are a tricky side? They're playing Genoa. On Sorry, the they're playing Genoa. Yeah, then then they're playing uh, Sassuolo. Um, Genoa are, are tr- caused Juve all sorts of problems this weekend, and I think they can do the same against Milan. I mean, if if Inter can win that, and and Napoli are good. Napoli are a good team, and they're also one of those teams that are up there fighting for the scudetto. There, I mean, they're in third place. Uh, and and if we if we take away that whole that whole you know thing that happened with. With Juve, they probably would be in second, uh, if not, to be honest. So that this is this is this is it. This is one of those games. If you're going to win the Scudetto, you can't afford to lose this. Um, and I, I really, really, I'm, I'm, Inter should be thanking their lucky stars that Ossiman will miss this game because uh, Ossiman on the counter attack against this Inter, mm, that, that, and Handanovic in the form he's in, mm, new, new, thank you. But having said that, what kind of game do you think we'll see, uh, Mo? And uh, what, what 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 do you think is like? What, what how big of a chance do you give Inter to to win this? Yeah, my only concern is that it comes uh, midweek, and uh, you know, I I would have liked this game to have uh, been uh, seven days or five five six days uh, removed from uh, the match against uh, Cagliari. Um, we, we were all surprised by the end-of-season performance against Napoli uh, last season, a few months ago, uh, the Atalanta-Napoli games where we both uh, where we won both, uh, despite them being concerning. So I'm kind of hoping it's that sort of game where, uh, where really uh, Conte and, and, and the side... I mean, the, the gap between Conte and, and uh, Gattuso on paper is far bigger than the gap between the two squads because I think Napoli's starting 11 are, are just as good as any starting 11 in... in in the Serie A, but I think overall, I, I would like to believe that Inter are going to take the three points. I think uh, knowing that this is all they have to play for will really light a light a fire under their bums, and 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 hopefully uh, we put in a strong performance, a controlled performance, and and like you said, the the fact that Osiman is missing, a, you know, cannot be under understated uh, for, for for in Inter's favor. It's it's very. We're very fortunate. Unfortunately for him, it's it, he's a joy to watch. So it's yeah. you know all the best, and hopefully, hopefully he makes that recovery because you know he's I, a fantastic player. Yeah, and it, it it was like any time one of those injuries is compounded by poor uh, first aid, you never really know how the injury is going to set uh, or the or you know how, how he's going to recover. So we I wish him all the best. Mm. But having said that, uh, we're really fortunate not to have him play play against us. And, and like you said, uh, on the counter-attack against Handanovic in this current state, 
he would have caused us all sorts of trouble. So long story short, I think, I hope, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, apprehensive, but I think we're going to win in the end anyway. And I'm going to stop predicting clean sheets ever again, you know. This <laughs> so, so maybe a, a, a cheeky 3-2. Yeah, we got a clean. We got two clean sheets against Shakhtar. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I don't think I think Napoli will score, and I seriously doubt that Inter will keep a clean sheet and 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 be able to keep uh, Napoli at bay. But I have a feeling, and this is this is my my gut feeling that Inter will win two one against Napoli, but then draw against Spezia. Like to me, the Spezia game on the Sunday is oh. a bit more of a trap <laughs> game. Than the we're, in, we're in the whole four points a week paradigm again. Like yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because it makes the Napoli win completely pointless if they can't do it against Spezia. Um, so, so that's my little worry. But, but having said that, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I honestly think that this this game against Napoli will be really, really good. It'll be really entertaining for those who are neutrals. And I, and I, but, I, but I think it'll be a two-two draw. That's what I think. What about you, Will? Um, I don't necessarily think it will be full of um, entertainment. I, I see a tighter game than that. Um, I, I don't think that, given the way that we're expected to play in a big match now with Conte, with these three central midfielders and a, and a slightly more circumspect approach, I don't expect us to go gung-ho for the win. And I don't expect Gattuso to do either. I think he's, um, he's, he's very, very effusive in his praise about Inter. He always has been over the last couple of years. So I expect him to respect us as well. Um, I remember we had that Coppa Italia match um, Incredibly, that was this year somehow in another geological era, though, back in February when it was 1-0. <laughs> I think something like that. You know, I, I personally think it'll be a draw, but I think it'll be 1-1. Um, Aussie men's absence is certainly very good. Um, we're going to need a big performance out of Matteo Darmian, who I assume Conte will put up against Lorenzo and Senior. Uh, if, we can, if we can deal with that side of the pitch, we're in business. Um, I don't expect Derrickson to play. I expect the sort of um, back to the, the team that we had against uh, Brussels and Gladbach in that game a couple of weeks ago with the... Uh, with the three central midfielders. But yeah, it's a very big match. I think this will tell us more about Inter than it will about Napoli, if I'm honest. Um, I think this is bigger for us, um, not just because it's home, but because there's sort of more questions about our form um, and about our title credentials. So um, yeah, this is um, there's a lot at stake, certainly. Um, but uh, I don't think necessarily that we're going to win the match. I think it might be a, a draw, which would be um, annoying. But, you know, not a not a disaster at the same time. Mm. Jake? Uh, well, I think the, enti- uh, the entire game hinges on that first goal. Uh, I think if Napoli get the first goal, it'll be a bit of a stress leading in for Inter. I think if you can let Napoli, as a side that they are, get into the sort of stride, they're pretty unbeatable. Um, but, you know, they are it's similar to Inter in the fact that they can be quite mentally fragile. So if Inter can get that first goal and sort of press on the advantage, try and keep it tight and score a second, I think, into a win quite comfortably. Um, I think there is more pressure on Inter, like we'll say, going into this game, I, I feel. I think Napoli know that perhaps they can afford to go to San Siro and maybe get beat. And, you know, claw points back at other points and say, well, you know, Inter are a good team. You know, they spent more money than others, this and that. Uh, you know, so has been very so respectful towards Inter. So, um, I, I do think it'll be a tight game. Um, I'll, 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 to be honest, I'm, I'm trying to sort of steer clear of making a, a complete prediction. Um, but no, I, I really think it hinges on that first goal. I think if Inter can get a hold of the game, 
and sort of tame Napoli a little bit, I think they, they will win it. Um, but if you give Napoli confidence, they can run riot. Uh, you know, they proved that when they played Atalanta early on in the season. But then you look at the past weekend, you know, they had to roll the dice completely to get anything out of the Sampdoria game uh, after going behind. And that turned out to be Patania. So, you know, with Oshimen not playing, it is an easier game. You know, there's less fluidity. Um, but, you know, the, the pressure is on Inter solely to get something out of this game. And whether the manager, you know, is flexible enough to do that, I'm not really too sure. Um, I'm going to have to make a prediction. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, that's where I am as well. Because I, th- I think we're, like Will kind of alluded to, we're in the four points a week thing now. Uh, and I think 2-2 two, two against Napoli and then a blowout win against Spezia is kind of what I'm expecting to be perfectly honest. And then you have the final game against Hellas away, which will be really difficult, which we'll talk about next week. Um, before, um, uh, next week, we'll also be, all All of us have to, have, we'll, we'll also give our little Christmas, uh, what we hope for, what we want for Christmas from Inter uh, this year. Um, uh, if, if we could dream out, if, if we're allowed to wish freely, well, within reason, of course. Um, but yeah, I thought we'll, we'd all do that and, and do a little review as well. But before we go, we gotta we gotta give a shout out to Mike Gallo who got three one the prediction uh, spot on against Cagliari. He said it will be three one, and it was three one. Um, but against Spezia, we're I mean we're not expecting anything else other than a blowout win here. I mean like three four nil, not much to talk about, right? I mean th- this is this is this is what we're expecting, uh, all of us, or or am I just being presumptuous here, uh, Will? Well, leaving aside the fact that you just said you think that we're going to draw up against them if we beat Napoli, I do. Yeah, well, them. but I don't think that we're going to win against Napoli. That's the thing. Right, I, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, especially have got more points than I expected to in the stage of the season. I thought they'd be lost at this part. They're actually doing quite well. Um, they caused Lazio a lot of problems a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. But um, no, they're not good enough to come to San Siro and, and get a result. So, I think regardless of the result against Napoli on. Wednesday, we, sh- we there is no excuse for not winning this. Um, probably three nil, hopefully three nil, um, and then we can move on to hopefully um, bigger and bigger fish to fry in the coming weeks. But no, I don't, I, I don't see anything really to talk about other than you know I suspect it, it will be interesting to see who Conte rotates because you know of the three games we've got left before Christmas, that's the one where you'd expect maybe to you might rest Lukaku, you might rest a Barella or something like that. So. That's the only kind of risk, but even so, I don't think there's a, I don't see a huge um, warning sign looming over that match. I'm sure I'll be punished for saying that, but no, I think <laughs> Lucien Agumé comes in and scores a hat trick. Um, <laughs> Jake, uh, where are you? What, what do you think of the Spezia game? Uh, I think if we were playing Spezia maybe two or three weeks ago, I think it might be a bit tougher. Um, their result of the weekend was really, really poor to get battered by such a poor Crotone team. Uh, to me, they're the worst team in the league, and that's been proven. That's their first win. So if they're getting battered by a team like Crotone, you, you can't see anything other than a massive win, really. Um, mm. he, looking at it either way as well, you know, you get beat against Napoli, there needs to be a reaction. So let's take it out on Spezia. If it's a draw, well, look, we'll take the draw and let's make sure we beat Spezia. You know, now we're beating Napoli, we should be buzzing. Let's just go and beat Spezia. So three, four nil, and I'd like to see him make some changes. You know, I mentioned it um, in my column this week. Get get Sanchez playing that game. Get him a mm. bit of confidence. Get him a couple of goals. Uh, maybe we're all tipping the field around a little bit. Some of the defenders, you know, get play people some minutes. Because you never know, a couple of injuries over yeah. the Christmas period. Those players might have to get thrown in. So, 
yeah, three four nil for me. I'm going to say four. Why not? Why not mm. four nil? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say I think five one because we don't we don't ever keep a clean sheet. So I think Ooh. five one. Yeah, I think oh, five yeah. one Spezia. Yeah, go Yeah, because I mean it's like, it's like for Spezia. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not in Napoli, but I mean against uh, Spezia because I, I said two two against Napoli, but I think five one against Spezia because this Spezia reminded me of Brescia last season, uh, and and we destroyed them. So yeah, that, that's where I'm on that. Uh, um, uh, what what do you think, uh, Mo? Before we move on, Spezia game. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a good win. I just um, I, why not? Uh, let's go four nil as well. Like Jake, Jake, if it's not four nil, I'm blaming you. Let's move on to uh, the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something in the world of football. Uh, Everly, starting with the positivity, which we presented by Mr. Mohammed Nas. Is he works a lot. He's intelligent and. He surprised uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. I mean, guys, uh, it, it can be one of two, uh, just uh, one of two this week. It's either uh, Barella and that amazing goal and, and thanking God that we have one of the best midfielders. I mean, probably the best midfield pro- prospect in the world on our team and uh, one of the best midfielders, you know, prospect or otherwise in the world on, on the side. Or it's uh, D'Ambrosio for, for showing up again. I mean, you know, we've made so much fun of this guy over the years, and rightly so, deservedly so. But there hasn't been a, a, a player that shows up uh, with these important goals as much as him. You know, he's ex- eclipsed Vecino uh, many times over uh, in, the, in the past couple of seasons anyway already. So um, it's, it's a toss-up between these two, but I think because Barella is a more complete package and that performance against Cagliari just showed how important of a player he is to the side and capped with that amazing goal, at, amazing goal both in terms of technique and importance. It's, it's got to be Barella this week. Mm, couldn't agree more. Uh, let's a, move. I, I was yeah? going to say, that, that goal was um, into his 5,000th goal in Serie A in the history. Mm. So that was quite a worthy goal to, to, pick, to pick up that um uh, that milestone. And on D'Ambrosio, by the way, just to back up what Mo said, he's um, he's one of only four defenders, I saw, to score 20 goals in Serie A since the start of the 2012-13 season with uh, Florenzi, Gonzalo Rodriguez and Bonucci. So, Inter's Mr. Clutch coming good again at the right moment. Always in that far post as well. It's, yeah. it's I love it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on to something much more comical. This week's Frog, which we presented by Mr. William Beckman. Yeah, and I'm going to keep us at the Sardegna Arena because uh, I was struggling for for a frog, but I think I'm going to give it to uh, the ball boy at the Sardegna Arena. I don't know if you saw this uh, (laughs) in minute 94 yesterday. Um, Lukaku um, uh, skips past Cranio and is running towards the goal for what is uh, looking most likely like a tap-in. But uh, as he gets to the goal, he absolutely smashes the, the cover off the ball to make it 3-1. And the poor ball boy behind the goal, who's very much in the, in the trajectory of the, of the shot, um, ducks in absolute terror as if Lukaku's going to break the net. And uh, it, was, it was, you know, I know he's got a powerful shot, but that he's showing very little faith in the goal that, he's, uh, that he stood in front of, that he was... Just, a, I think it was just an instinctive reaction that he he took cover as if someone was, you know, a sniper had come at him. But uh, it was very strange and quite a quite an amusing scene. I hope he didn't um, 
hurt himself when he fell down. I don't think he did, but that was that was the most amusing thing I saw this week. Um, taking cover from uh, from Big Rom. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give it to whatever his name. Unfortunately, I don't know his name, but mm. if, um, he's probably not listening, so it doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was, I hope he's okay, and um, you know, just have more faith in the net that you're stood behind because I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> goal snap open like that in a long time no neither have I but it, I mean, it was an instinctive reaction but it looked absolutely hilarious um, right let's move on to something much more negative this week's Mod G which we presented by Mr. Jake Smalley that I've been left with the uh, negative one this week. <laughs> but you almost the negativity. Just... Didn't we decide that last time? That Moses is the yeah, positivity well, and you're the negativity. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost a natural born role for me a little bit. But um, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I've looked at this week. And I think from an Inter perspective, um, you know, the whole Conte outburst is definitely something that, you know, we can all do without. Uh, I think at the minute it's, it's making Inter quite tiring to watch. You know, it should be more fun than this. You know, yeah. after the last few years, all this money's been pumped into the team. We've got a number nine who's the number nine that we thought we were getting with Maroe Cardi, but we've got it in the form of Lukaku instead. You know, we've got Ashraf Hakimi. Most teams would want that, want him playing for them. Barella, you know, every game almost seems stressful. If we don't win, it's stressful. If we do win, it's a stress to get there. So Conte is a bit of a modgy character for me at the moment. But mm. uh, I just want to touch on something that's a little bit of a bigger picture as well for me. Um, in the past, we've had a couple of really bad races incidents, um, you know, in the game. You know, we had a bit of an incident in the Champions League last week. I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that one because, you know, we'll only find out a bit more about that um, in the coming weeks. But... Um, I found it really sad uh, what happened between Millwall and Derby uh, the weekend before and the taking the knee sort of situation. I think it's it's getting a little bit out of hand now. I, I, but the, the big picture for me is I just can't understand how you know we can not draw attention to these things and you know unless they're dealt with they're going to be part of our society as it is. And I, I just find it really really sad. That you know we're we're in the position that we're in, you know, 2020, not only 2021, I was still having this conversation, and it's always so negative, especially after what's been a pretty negative year as well. So <laughs> it's, it's it's just been it it, it, it it saddened me a little bit. So the den faithful and my modgy, um, I'm mm. afraid to say. Yeah, yeah, their 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 behaviour was was pretty pretty shameful, and their own club took uh, distanced themselves from it as well. Right, that's all we had time for this week. We'll be back next week, the last Studio Inter of the dreaded, horrible year of 2020. Uh, but until then, I'd like to thank uh, all my panellists. I'd like to thank you, Will. Thank you. Six points, please. Yes, please. Uh, Mr. Jake Smalley. Yeah, thank you, sir. I'll second that, Will. Uh, Mr. Positivity, Mo Nassar. And thank you, Will, for wishing the six points instead of the four. I'm all in as well. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a really good episode. Thank you. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tawalli wishing you health, safety, stay safe, take care of your loved ones, listen to your local authorities. Uh, six points and sempre e solo forza.